This is Jim Minion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before we know. So listen, Lebertius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Oh, my God. 60 minutes has come and gone. Just like that, Bob Trudnak was most recently on. And before that, Stephen Reichlin, Barbecue Bible, Barbecue Hall of Famer. I did want to tell Bob, too, that I think Fred Perkle and I have made nominations for Fred Perkle to get into the Barbecue Hall of Fame because when you look at the landscape especially from a business perspective, and I know they're not doing categories anymore, they haven't for a couple of years, but Fred Perkle should be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, bar none. If anybody should be in, Fred Perkle should be in. What he created, how it has taken off, how it was poo-pooed on originally, and now has really cemented itself as the tool of choice for of convenience for not only competition cookers, but for backyard folks as well. Barbecue Guru, second to none. All thanks to Fred Perkle. So I will continue to nominate him until uh, Fred is given his just due, although it would have to be posthumously, uh, posthumously at this point. Nevertheless, he should be in. Thank you, John. I got the reminder. Uh, still to come on this show, you will find Robin Lindars in about 12 minutes from now. You will find Emily Detweiler after that. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and Facebook slash BBQ Central Show. Wait. At BBQ Central Show, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. I think I got that mixed up somewhere. A lot of places to go. Facebook also has the live video feed as well, also on YouTube, audio only on TuneIn if you would rather do that. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 116, and episode 116 takes you all the way back to March 30th, 2010, in what was affectionately referred to at that point as the After Dark segment. That's when we got rowdy, everybody. Oh, we really threw away. We took all the seatbelts off. We started driving cars 100 miles an hour, whiskey-fueled and cocaine high, ready to rock. All the sensors came off. No FCC regulation on the Internet because there isn't any. We swore. We MF'd. That's swearing. But that was the After Dark segment. Really, the After Dark segment was a test to see if I thought I could push a one-hour show into a two-hour show. And by the third or fourth month of After Dark, I realized that it was gaining in popularity. The show was gaining in popularity. And again, this was uh, 10 years ago, 2010. We had the one and only Chris Lilly 
And we just had a general discussion about barbecue and him and business 10 years ago, almost to the day. We're probably a week and a half out to the day. But March 30th, 2010, in an After Dark segment, you can find me having a candid conversation with Chris Lilly where we take the gloves off and get after it. And there will be a whole link to that show as well. So if the After Dark does it for you. And remember, the goal of the After Dark is to just wet the proverbial barbecue and grilling whistle of the Barbecue Central show and get you to click and rerun the whole show. You know, there was not only the After Dark, there was a whole other hour of show with succulent guests that you may be missing out on. You don't want to be missing out on succulent guests. It's the worst. We thank John Solberg for putting those together. Now I have to go back and do this real quick. So in the first hour, you heard this, and we have sprinkled a few new what you call rejoins in the business. So after I get done doing a read... There's a 10, 15 second break, depending on my setup, where you don't see anything, you just hear music, and then the voice guy comes in and reintroduce you or rejoins the show between the read, the transition, and now we're back in the show. That's called the rejoin. So I had him ramp me up for new rejoins for the show, and this was one of it. I don't know if you caught this or not, but we'll go through on why this happened. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, limit. Did you did you hear that? Let me run that back. Talk show entertainment. Hold on, hold on. Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. So anytime I can have my name said by that guy, Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, in case you missed it. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Here's the problem. When you are, it's not a problem, I'm warning you, if you are aspiring to host your own podcast and you want to have the Lee Monster do your voice work and be your really big voice guy, which is attainable because I'm doing it, the one thing that you have to understand, and it is critical, critical, voiceover talent, the very best voiceover talent in the country, and David Lee is one of the premier voiceover talents in the country. Uh, uh, Robert Moss is also one of them. Uh, there's a handful of others. But the fact that anybody has access to David Lee, and anybody does, you just have to send him an email and work with him. Here's what you have to remember. The very best voiceover professionals do what? A, have a really great voice. Number two, and perhaps more importantly, read anything you put in front of them, exactly how you script it. And if you're doing it on something that will auto-correct and you don't go back through it and reread it 15 times to ensure accuracy and you just send it off, the finished product that you get back is going to sound great, but it's also going to sound or read exactly as you sent it to him. So when I went back 
to my script that I had sent to David and was thinking to myself, well, that can't be right. That can't be right. Who would say the Mountain Rushmore of talk rate? Mountain Rushmore? Nobody's ever said it's Mount Rushmore. He's made an error. Well, quickly, I pulled up my script, and for whatever damn reason, in black and white, Mountain Rushmore. I've been duped myself. I did myself wrong. However, however, the one thing, it does sound okay. I mean, listen to, how many times have you ever heard anybody refer to it as the Mountain Rushmore? I mean, that is pretty neat, right? Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. But you have to now, figure let's get back that to the, the one of the preeminent voiceover guys is cutting my demo. I can't even believe he does it anyway. And he's reading it just like he should. And he's saying, the Mountain Rushmore. And then he hits stop on the record. And the first thing out of his mouth has got to be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? What Mountain Rushmore? This has to be a mistake. You know what? That's how he wrote it. I'm the professional. I read what they put in front of me. Fuck you. I'm going to go make my next $100 and I move on. Because that's what voiceover professionals do. They read exactly what you put in front of them. So that is my cautionary tale to you. Although, 2020 being hindsight, and as Diane Mee is saying in the chat room, it does sound more majestic. It does separate. But it is incredibly incorrect. It's Mount Rushmore. Nobody calls whatever it is in whatever Dakota Mountain Rushmore. No kid has ever said, Dad, are we going to go see Mountain Rushmore this summer over break, can we go to Mountain Rushmore? <laughs> Mountain Rushmore sounds like a ski resort in Colorado, not where all the heads of presidents are chiseled out of stone. So if you're going to hire voiceover talent, do your own homework and make sure that you are reading for grammar and making it sound. What you should do is read it out loud like you're the voiceover guy, and that way you'll catch all of your errors. Don't rely on yourself to just read say it out loud that's why i practice talking in my car all the time but to be completely contradictory mountain rushmore as diane says does sound way more majestic than mount rushmore it's got a little bit more cachet to it a little more panache mountain rushmore robin lindar's coming up out of the break Hey, Green Mountain Grills is here to save your pellet ass. That's right. Hey, Captain Ron, Green Mountain Grills. You want to talk about them? I do. Two lines to choose from, a choice line, a prime line. Choice will save you some bucks. It's not Wi-Fi capable. But if you want to save a few dollars, you want to put a decent-sized cooker in the backyard without some of the tech, just a reliable cooker. I have two on my back patio right now, uh, Jim Bowie and Daniel Boone both. So lots of capacity for me. Now, if you want a little more tech, if you want Wi-Fi connectivity, if you want a sweet-looking app that's real easy to use and hook up, that also has Wi-Fi capability. So if you want to get out 
away from the house. You can monitor, make adjustments. The Prime line is the one you're going to want to take a look at. Two internal meat probes if you want them. Peeking windows on the pellet hopper on the main cooking chamber. It's built a little bit more sturdily. Is that a word? And it's got the 12-volt power technology. Choice line does not have that. Just a regular plug-in. Now, the 12-volt, as we learned a couple weeks ago, really hones in the spins on the fan efficiency, so you're more efficient on the pellet consumption. The temperature is dialed in a little bit more, plus you have the ability to move the deflector shield left and right a little bit to really dial in that internal temperature of the pit as well. Lots of different cool things that are going on with the Prime, but again, if you don't want to step up to Prime, that's fine. Choice is going to be right up your alley. By the way, the Jim Bowie... Or I'm sorry, the Daniel Boone in the choice line is, you know, just sub 500 bucks. I don't know if it gets any better than that. Perfect cooker. Plus, with the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone pizza oven insert compatible, well, you got to get one of those. And then they have the Davy Crockett, which is your portable one, the breeder of 12-volt technology, or leader, or first, or whatever you want to call it. GreenMountainGrills.com is the place to go. Find a dealer, go visit them, learn all about them. They'll answer all your questions, and you can buy from your dealer. They also have accessories that you can buy right there on Green Mountain Grills' website, greenmountaingrills.com. Continued thanks to Jason Baker and the gang over at GMG for their support of the show as well. Jason was at the hearth patio and barbecue. Jason now in self-quarantine. He said so in a private text message that I was not going to share, but I just did it. We're back with the Grill Girl right after this. Stick around. Visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. That's right, and this portion being brought to you by Smithfield. Head over to smithfield.com throughout the grilling season for recipes as well as tips and tricks from world champs like Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, and Childs Cridlin. You get mouthwatering flavor with no artificial ingredients. Smithfield's fresh pork is quite simply some of the finest pork that money can buy. It is the trusted choice of world champion pitmasters for use in competitions and in your backyard. So head over to smithfield.com. Why don't you? Hey, it's the third Tuesday of the month, and not only does that bring a visit from Stephen Reichlin, it also brings a visit from Robin Lindars, the Grill Girl. Hey, Robin. How are you? Good to see you. You have, uh, well, you're back in Florida, I guess, right? Yes, back home, back in the warm weather, which is hopefully good for this little thing we're going through right now. Who knows what's (laughs) going on? So, uh, you know, what I found interesting is, and we were talking a little bit offline earlier, we we were set to go, my family was set to go to Daytona uh, two days from now. So uh, this coming Thursday, we were supposed to fly down. And basically, we had gotten to a point 
where we had originally set to go to Daytona to watch Bobby play her first uh, college volleyball tournament back last September. And, of course, that was ruined because of the damn hurricane. We couldn't go then because of the hurricane, but now all this time was elapsing, and they called and said, hey, you got to use these tickets, otherwise you're going to lose them. So we reset to go down, and now we have coronavirus, so can't go now. But, we need to have a redo, and you just come visit me in Florida instead. Geez, I mean, I gotta, it appears nobody wants us to come down. Mother Nature is against us. Disease is against I mean, These are two very powerful things, so we might start taking the hint. However, the Lindars clan, little more bold. You saw things that were going on. You still, you know, fuck it. We're going to go over to this Colorado, have a little ski trip, but didn't go as planned, right? I mean, why go in the first place? What what happened? I don't know. I just don't think that we realized it was quite as bad as it had gotten. You know, like think about the past three days. I feel like everything's just kind of gone like apeshit crazy. And I think when we left we didn't realize that things were getting kind of nuts. And then when we got there and that was Saturday. And when we got there, um, by the time we got there Saturday afternoon, the governor had shut down all the resorts um, via an executive order. So we were like, Oh shit. Okay. What are we going to do? And then by um, Sunday, things were continuing to slow down and you're, they're sending like Amber alerts on your phone about like, you know, not congregating. And then by Monday, everything was really starting to close down and we were trying to get home early because you still want to get stuck anywhere. And then I guess they were kind of experiencing an outbreak because um, spring break, right, which is what we were doing. Yeah. And then um, Florida's kind of experiencing the same thing. So in hindsight, I feel like we should not have gone anywhere um, because we kind of exposed ourselves to probably a lot of extra people we didn't need to by going to the airport. But um, by, on Saturday, by Saturday morning, it didn't seem like to the kind of the – level of um seriousness that it is now so i'm just happy to be home and like when you're at the place were you somewhat distant from other people like was it pretty scantily populated no it oh. was gangbusters busy Whoa. which um so i don't know if you guys saw my story but uh like when we got to the denver airport it was packed and I was like, holy shit, there's no virus here. I mean, at least no one seemed to be bothered by it. You know, right. I guess I should say that. Um, but I mean, it was packed people leaving because I guess spring break. Right. Um, and then uh, when we got there, I think things were starting to kind of hit a point where, you know, um, they were they were kind of experiencing like figuring out that maybe they need to just get everybody home and get everybody quarantined. That was in that county, like all the ski resort counties and yeah, yeah. So um, now I feel like it wasn't smart to go, but uh, now we know. <laughs> and we were there long enough to do some cross-country skiing and for Hunter to uh, go sledding and run into a tree. Um, I was actually just chatting. Yeah, I was just texting with the doctor um, because I just want to, you know, ensure that he doesn't have a broken nose. And, um, you know, we got checked out by a doctor before we left to make sure he didn't have a concussion. Because, <laughs> you you know, I think it's not good to fly with a concussion. Well, so. I mean, uh, uh, Sonny Bono had a terrible run-in with a tree skiing, and that was it for him. Like, he yeah. died. He died doing that. So trees yeah. and sledding and skiing, very, uh, very dangerous. So uh, he, he's probably lucky that he just got busted up a little bit and nothing more serious. 
I know, I know. And but, I think when you have a boy, too, they're so balls to the wall, you know? I don't know. Um, kids kids are resilient. Kids. I mean, younger. I mean, they're kind of rubbery, so they can bounce off of trees and, you know, fall out of second-story windows. And they really don't even break anything. They just kind of cave in a little bit. Eventually, it pops out. No big deal, right? Well, I mean, like yesterday when it happened, you know, they come in, everything's like there's blood everywhere. And when the doc, we found a doctor to come visit and... um because we, they had shut the sledding scale, the sledding hill down. So Scott just took Hunter like behind our condo, like just like, okay, we're going to go skiing. And then we're going to get the, the flock out of here, you know, because um, we had a ride home. We're like, yeah. And then um, it all, it, it's like he ended up, he went from a green to a double black somehow on a sled. And, uh, <laughs> and the doctor pulled like a little twig out of his nose. Oh. And um, yeah, it's just never, you know, never a dull moment these days. Okay. Uh, well, speaking of never a dull moment, you quickly gloss over, caught a ride home, yay. But I yeah. think you were riding back on a Bombardier Global 550, if my keen eye. I mean, how do you hook up with that ride? I mean, that is one of the premier private jets. Holy shit, can you believe it, Greg? I no, think that was, so like, jealous. I didn't even realize at the time we were just so happy to like get out of town because we thought we were going to like be stuck there and not be able to get home because they started like even cutting off like Ubers and ride shares. Get the flock out of here. Well, my, my brother and sister-in-law were in Vail at the same time. Um, Clearly my, my husband and his sister love to ski. And so they were going home on their scheduled day and somehow my uh, brother-in-law's boss caught wind that he was flying home and he was like, wait a second, what you're flying home out of the Denver airport, like that peach tree dish, like, no. And he was like, I'll just send my jet. And cause he's like a billionaire. Yeah. So, um, Who is it? Sick, sick money that I'll never see, yeah. you know, in my lifetime. And we were like, Oh cool. You have a jet. Do you happen to have a uh, room for three more? <laughs> so, Probably so 15 it, more the size of that jet. I mean, it was freaking crazy. So we're like, yeah, we got to ride home. And it's a private jet. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. And then it was like, boom, Hunter hits tree. Then we find a doctor to come visit us. And then we're like, hey, thanks for checking our kid out. We're going to try to get to the airport. Oh, God. We got to get, get out of here quickly. Wow. So then you make it all the way back to Florida. And uh, now you're just. Uh, so are you uh, doing any kind of uh, social distancing at this point or, or uh, more? Uh, more brash quarantining because of what you were yeah. doing travel wise or no? Yeah. And now yeah. we're like, what were we thinking yeah. traveling? And so Scott um, made a sign, like he printed it out and it looks very official. And it's like, stop, we've been traveling. We're oh. self quarantining. Just call us. Him. Cause you know, Amazon, everything, we get a shitload of packages. Sure. Like we, most people do these days. Um, we just want to be safe. And it's been really hard to keep Hunter away from his bestie next door. But I think for everyone, I mean, that's the goal is just to, just, I mean, who knows what our risk of exposure was? Hopefully it was pretty minimal, but you just never know. And it's better safe than sorry. Like we're fine, but we could be carriers. And like, we have a lady next door, the grandma of Hunter's bestie. She's like 80 something and has like congestive heart failure. So something like this could yeah. totally kill her. So you just have to think about being smart. Right. And um, so that's what we're trying to do. And even Florida has really shut everything down because we're a big tourism state and yeah. everybody was down here for, spring break at the beaches and um that's how you know you pass stuff around so just trying to hunker down and um there's lots of meat in my freezer well, so. so for those people that are practicing self-quarantine or social distancing or not going to go out and 
support the restaurants that are doing carryout only, and I think you do want to consider that if you've been a patron uh, in sitting in in a restaurant, but they're still doing carryout. You know, you probably want to support. That's really uh, an industry that is uh, in the midst of incredible turmoil right now because they do rely on the public to show up, and everybody makes a living off the people showing up and eating there. So support yeah. if you can uh, your restaurants, your favorite, of course. But if you're going to be home, you have this thing called a freezer. And as yeah. I said in the open, freezer to me is French for I'm going to put it here and I'm probably going to lose it and it's going to get buried by other stuff that I want to save. And then that stuff is going to get buried by other stuff that I want to save. And you forget about it until you start cleaning it out. And here's a perfect time where you can go freezer diving and put together some pretty succulent recipes. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's sad to say this, but I think because like Floridians have gotten, um, you know, when you have hurricanes every couple of years, you kind of go through this like same experience. It might be slightly different in that, you know, it's not so much social dis- distancing, but when you get a hurricane, you lose your power yeah. or God forbid, hopefully not a couple of weeks on end, but you get really good at cleaning out your freezer and getting um, creative. But you also experience this whole thing where um, everyone goes crazy at the grocery store and, you know, takes up all the bread and milk and everything. So, you know, it, it just forces you to be resourceful. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people, um, you know, now you're going to the store and everything's wiped out. Um, so I think, you know, if you're like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? You know, even the meat selection's shitty. That's where even at the grocery store, even if you haven't stockpiled for yourself in the freezer, the freezer can be an excellent resource, even when you're grocery shopping. Yeah. Like one of my backups um, just as someone who tries to have stuff on hand so that I can feed it, you know, feed the family and, and, you know, and I'm not always the best about meal planning, even when things are normal, but, you know, just having some, some clutch items in the freezer can be so, um, can really just save your ass, right? Like think about things like, um, I've actually been utilizing Walmart delivery and that's something, you know, I went to go use the app today. And of course they were uh, not running it because I think everybody had the same idea, but a lot of people don't even realize that they do delivery. And if, you know, I'm kind of quasi in the country right now. So I'm thinking if I have it here, most people, people will have it. Um, But it just gives you an opportunity to minimize exposure if you have it. But also think about things like I've been doing like wild caught uh, frozen salmon fillets Mm. and just having something like that in your freezer um, is really great because what can you, you can do so much stuff with salmon, you know, cedar plank salmon, or just throw it in the oven or the toaster oven, or even make like salmon nuggets. If you have an air fryer, like there's a lot of stuff you can do with it. Even if you pair that with some frozen vegetables or some rice cauliflower, um, stuff that you can just kind of have handy, but it didn't have to be like, you got it today at the store, you know, or even frozen meatballs have always been a staple for me because what can you not do with meatballs? You know, like think about meatballs, like, um, you know, you can make hoagies, right? Like Italian subs with some marinara and some cheese or throw them in a tin pan and throw them on your grill and some marinara and let them heat up that way. And then toast some Texas toast and use that to dip into like the marinara meatball sauce and make it kind of like family style. Um, so I just think, you know, you just kind of have to think a little bit outside of the box. You know, you're you may not find those choice cuts when you go to the grocery store, but maybe you use this as an opportunity to try out cuts that you might not normally cook with, you know, um, cuts that really benefit from smoke and a braise, you know, like think of oxtails can be really delicious. Yeah, um, oh, so good. 
Right. And that's really smoke breaks. Like they just need time. Even if you don't smoke them, just, they just need to hang out in liquid and do their thing and let the collagen break down. But, you know, speaking of something like oxtails, like maybe explore the grocery stores that you're not used to exploring. You know what I mean? Like, like for me, Publix may be wiped out, but you can think out of the box and think of like, maybe I want to go to the Latin grocery store and see what they have for produce because not everyone's on the same produce delivery schedule. Like today, believe it or not, I totally stocked up on groceries at my local convenience store slash meat market, you know, and because people wouldn't expect to do like a full grocery run there hmm. and they're not on the same delivery routes because um, they have their own, you know, maybe more localized people or whatever it is. They were totally full of everything, toilet wow. paper, meat. Um, I got things like frozen pizzas. Um, so I think you just kind of have to get out of your routine and maybe look outside or get outside of your box where you might maybe do grocery shopping and even just what you might normally cook and just get creative. Think of it as an opportunity to kind of push your, push the envelope a little bit and, um, and explore. And I think now that everyone's having to work from home, now you have a little more time, you know, think of all the time someone might've spent commuting and use that time to be like, all right, well now I'm going to throw something on my smoker or I'm going to throw it in the crock pot or whatever, but you've got a little extra time that you didn't. So, you know, maybe there's a silver lining to all of this craziness and that maybe you have a little time back in your day to, um, appreciate cooking a good meal together or and that's, something. Um, and that's kind of key to this whole freezer thing that we're talking about is, uh, you know, the freezer is always going to get pushed back during the course of the week because unless you think about it a night or two nights in advance, which typically probably isn't happening Sunday through Friday, maybe Friday night you think, oh, well, Sunday I want to do something and I know I got it in the freezer so you can pull it out. But Monday night when you think about something that's in the freezer, you're not going to use it. It's still got to defrost. Unless you yeah. have like barbecue in a boil bag or something like that. So at this point in time, you can think about something and pull it out and then plan for it in a day or two and continue to do that so you can utilize the stuff in the freezer. Absolutely. So Scott and I have started doing something and like truth be told, he's way more organized than I am and maybe to the point of being like like a little bit, dare I say, like over the top organized. But <laughs> Um, like sometimes the outlook invites can be a little bit like, okay, I get it. That's ridiculous. But, um, but so every Monday, like we have a planning session just to go over random shit that we need to do as a family. And that's when you can talk about like, what are we eating this week? You know, um, even before all the craziness of the, the, you know, coronavirus going around, we would just say, what's our meal schedule? You know, what nights does, what night does the kid have activities, which these days nobody has activities because you have to be stay home, but you know what I mean? So you can yeah, say, yeah. what days do I need to um, be ready for a dish? And what does that look like? And do we need to go to the store? So now this is the time to do that, to say, what do we want to defrost? How can we make a full meal out of that? You know, even the vegetables, do we need to try to find some fr- produce or we can we make do with maybe some frozen vegetables or whatever that may look like, you know, just so you can um, throw something together that, that doesn't feel thrown together. Uh, let me ask you quickly. we got about three minutes left. You are also working this year or was one of the goals was to highlight women who grill. Uh, I know you had a piece on Jackie Milligan, and uh, I'd actually had her on too at, uh, at some point towards the end of the year. And then uh, you're recently shining a spotlight on Kathy Pullen or Poolin. Yeah, I think it's Pullen. Um, I just did a video with her. You have to watch it. Other than the fact that I mean, she's such a badass 
But it was so funny because I, I did a, a, an interview with her at the Shed Steak Showdown. And there's this friend of mine. He's probably on the show right now um, on Instagram. And he's from and also Facebook. But he's like a Florida barbecue guy. And he's really into making beef jerky. And I think his Instagram handle is something like, you know, beef jerky Greg. But like halfway through the video, he just shows up and like stands in the background because he wanted to give me some beef jerky. But he like stood in the frame of the video, like at least for half the oh, time. Weirdo. Like, Good job, Greg, weirdo. <laughs> Greg, get out of my damn video. You know, thanks for the beef jerky. Um, but anyway, no, Kathy is like the coolest. She's like such an inspiration because she's. Her story is she's a domestic um, violence survivor. She's actually written a book and, um, you know, she's really been through a lot of hardships. And and I think, you know, the fact that she shares, shares her story and um, gives back through barbecue is really awesome and inspiring. In mm -hmm. fact, she's got her own rub and she's... Um, she gives back to the local sh shelter there in San Antonio. But the point is, I think, you know, she's awesome. And there's so many awesome female cooks out there. And I think it's just time that we start highlighting them. I think really with my site, Grill Girl, it's an awesome opportunity to, for us all to kind of shed light on the fact that there's, um, there's, there's so many more females in the grilling and barbecue world. And it's so cool to see. Um, so if anyone should highlight it, I feel like it should be me. So, so stay tuned. Um, what I'm doing is I'm interviewing everyone and I'm sharing some of their recipes and actually next week. I, and so Kathy, you'll see her, um, Turkey wonton lasagna cups that she's entered for, um, the Turkey category in a lot of competitions and done well with it. And, um, and next week I'm actually, uh, interviewing Brooke Lewis from the shed. Nice. All right. Well, everybody knows yeah. Brooke Lewis, so we'll look forward to that. In the meantime, you can check Robin out at grillgirl.com or follow her on social media at grillgirlrobin on Instagram where there are tens of thousands of followers. And you can find her right here the third Tuesday of every month. Robin, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Be safe, and we'll look for you again in April. Love you guys. Stay safe, everyone. All I'm right. sending fun vibes. There she is. Robin from Ooh. Grill Girl. Getting out right on time, too, by the way. She's becoming more and more a professional as she wears on here as the regular guest on the third Tuesday, or the second regular guest. Uh, yes, Smoke and Joe, the kiss was for you. Uh -oh. Wow. With your uh, nightgown on. Did you say you were the guy putting on a nightgown before Robin's segment, right? Creep. Emily Detweiler is in the bullpen. I will talk to you about the longest-running sponsor of the show. As we learned in the first hour, DynaQ and UltraQ are the new Barbecue Guru automatic pit temperature control products. DynaQ is taking place of the PartyQ, and UltraQ is taking place of the CyberQ cloud. So you can put in your pre-orders now, and you should receive them... And we're not committing, as Bob said, in about four weeks or so. But he's very excited about it. I love the light ring that's going on to the outside. So you can see it coming up the temperature. You know when it's at temperature. You know when it's over temperature. You have a great, easy, and very sexy-looking app interface if you want to use that. And the UltraQ does have that Wi-Fi connection capability. So if you want to get outside the house, you also have the ability to look, monitor, and make changes as far as that's concerned as well. It's great. They also have the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill, so you know the Ultra and DynaQ are going to fit on those seamlessly. 
And don't forget, the Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. So hook that controller up to that fan, and you're off and running. And you can have oven-like precision each and every time. It's consistency. That's why you go to the Guru. Guru Guru.com. BBQGuru.com. BBQGURU.com. Or call them 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We are back with the CEO of KCBS, Emily Detweiler. Stick around. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, this portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes, potentially a third coming shortly, and a host of accessories to complete your Pit Barrel experience. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to that arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com. And tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. By the way, uh, like NBBQA has been canceled here the first weekend in April. Also, the 10th anniversary of Pit Barrel Cooker's party has been canceled until further notice. So uh, things being affected. And again, go to pitbarrelcooker.com and grab one of those fine cookers. Joining me now and helping me close it out out of the bullpen is the CEO of KCBS and friend of the show, Emily Detweiler. Hey, Emily. <laughs> hey, Greg. How are you tonight? Uh, we are inside. We're safe. We're producing non-coronavirus-capable barbecue and grilling talk, as always, from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. So we're uh, happy to have you aboard here. Uh, let me ask you, I mean, you're a, a, a mom. You got kids. I got kids. Um, what are you practicing right now, and how are you viewing this uh, corona situation at the moment? Well, I tell you what, it's certainly been challenging to say the least. Um, I think, you know, obviously our our thoughts are with everybody right now. Um, I particularly, just because I'm in this boat, feel for all of the parents who are going to be doing double duty, working from home and keeping those kids at home. Uh, it is it is not an easy task. So, uh, you know, I think one of the best things that I can recommend to everybody right now is just be kind to one another because everybody's stressed everybody's scared. It is literally impacting everyone. Um, and so I think just having a little extra courtesy and kindness right now is probably one of the best things that you can do in addition to washing your hands. <laughs> yeah, got to be uh, sanitary. And I think that's a good lesson for everybody. Are you being reached out to by barbecue restaurants and restaurateurs that are really having uh, issues or, or I guess a better question is since you are in Kansas City and some of the best barbecue or some of the best barbecue is in Kansas City there through the restaurants this is going to be a, a real troubling time for a lot of our friends that are making their living doing barbecue restaurants you know it absolutely is I've seen a lot of great posts um, of, from people both with barbecue restaurants in Kansas City certainly our friends in Iowa um, you know, we're seeing things from all over the country, really, um, with people recommending that, you know, you still order takeout and order gift cards if you want to use those later. Once once we are able, everybody's able to go back to some sort of new sense of normal. 
So, you know, I would certainly encourage people to do that because, again, this is people's living and, and you know, same thing for uh, all the contest organizers. I know this is, it's definitely causing all kinds of grief uh, for them. So once things do get back to some sort of a sense of a new normal, you know, get out there and support the barbecue community in general, however best you can. All right. So it is not normal right now. And uh, usually we're really kind of getting into the full swing of competition barbecue as we start the end of March and start to creep into April springtime. Of course, uh, we have thoughts of uh, Memphis and May coming up here and uh, we wonder what the future of that is going to hold or if it's just an inevitable, mm-hmm. not if, but when it's going to be canceled. So from a KCBS standpoint, what are you guys doing on a day-to-day basis, uh, fielding questions uh, perhaps from teams and from organizers? And is there a directive that KCBS has going forward until this thing resolves itself? Great questions. And there's multiple questions in there, so I'd kind of like to break it down. Sure. Um, I'll start by saying, you know, we're really trying to monitor things on a day-by-day basis. So, you know, even last week we came out with um, – with our response and basically saying, you know, if you, then that was before the the 50 person and now the 10 person suggestions were coming down. So, you know, at the end of the day, really what we're saying is look to your local health authority for any recommendations in your area. Obviously follow uh, the U.S. Center for Disease Control tips on how to keep yourself safe, whether that's at home, work, or other types of environments. Um, you know, we obviously we also have a lot of international organization um reach as well. So following the World Health Organization for what's going on um, and really just using a lot of common sense. So, you know, even over this past weekend, we were still able to have a contest before some of these even further restrictions came about. So, you know, we had talked to everybody ahead of time and sent out notes to the reps and to uh, the organizers as well about just additional protocols that they could take in the judging area, for example, um, making sure the table captains were wearing gloves and having a in, uh, serving utensil for each person, that type of thing. So, you know, um, really trying to help make sure that what was happening inside the tent uh, or judging area was as sanitary as possible. You know, now we're even hearing that, um, uh, obviously, the 10 person or less, which is definitely restricting things. So, you know, it's... Um, the organizers, again, the organizers are really the ones who have the final say about what happens with their specific events. Um, and really, KCBS's goal is to help support them as much as possible. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that was not a corona cough. <laughs> Don't worry. I just need a drink of water. <laughs> we got to go, Emily. Good night. Good night. <laughs> no, I'm feeling just fine. Fortunately, since I do have kids, we're taking temperatures in the house all the time. Yeah, so, good. Uh, anyway. But, you know, um, you know, once once the contests are able to proceed, and again, that's going to depend on each local municipality, um, but we did put out some thoughts today for how best to proceed once that happens, you know, and, and to be honest, none of us know when that's really going to happen. Yeah. Um, but again, we want to help support our organizers. We want to support the teams and the judges. Everybody wants to cook. And we understand that right now, the most important thing that anybody can do is to stay safe, you know, stay home, um, obviously follow the CDC and your local health authority. So that's a number one priority for right now. Once we are able to proceed, um, we did put out some information today that really just helps give um, 
additional guidance to the organizers, to the reps, to the judges in terms of what they really should be doing, both from a judging perspective inside the tents, but also even from a team perspective um, and trying to keep themselves with some more distance from others. And again, this is for when things get back to normal. Uh, it's just going to be a new normal. So um, we're not telling everybody that KCBS is allowing contests and all that um, at the moment. We're just saying that once we get back to, we've got some all clears in the different communities yeah. to move forward, you know, then, then we've got some new protocols that we'd like to put in place at least for this time because who knows how long this thing is going to go on. So I would I imagine wish I had that crystal ball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, everybody would love that. But I, I, so if I was a, an organizer and I had an event coming up uh, the first week in April, it's not going to happen. The state that I'm in says there's no way this is going to happen, mm-hmm. and we can't. And then we get an all clear, let's say end of uh, June or end of July, whatever the case is. At that point, as an organizer, do I come back to KCBS and say, okay, uh, from a, a health perspective, we're all clear. I want to go ahead and reschedule my competition ASAP, or do you now have to look at the contests that were on the docket already for that point in time, and now we could be competing in competitions being too close to each other? Or Do we look at a potentially congested or compacted KCBS schedule because of what's happening now? Great question, and again, I wish I could predict the future, but I do think a couple of things are going to happen. So <clears throat> one, what we have asked all organizers is to reach out to us um, ASAP to let us know, um, obviously, if their, if their event is impacted, um, whether by their choice or by their, you know, city municipality choice, obviously. Um, so to, reaching out sooner is best. So uh, the minute they know, they really should be reaching out to myself or Kim Collier in our sanctioning office. Uh, to make sure that we know and we are keeping track of that in real time. Um, the other thing that I would strongly encourage of the organizers, um, if they think that they are going to try to reschedule for later in 2020, um, tell us that right away and also let's start working together to try to target what those dates could look like. Um, because, you know, we, we know that <clears throat> teams are going to want to cook um, they want the organizers want to try to have their contest and they're going to need to figure out judges as quickly as they can. So the sooner we can start planning for that, the better, you know, we've had some uh, contests that that have said, Hey, you know, our event, for example, always coincides with a certain thing like, you know, that the apple tree festival or something like that. So that has to be at a certain weekend. So therefore it's going to have to be moved to next year. Um, Either way, we are really trying to work very closely with these organizers, um, you know, to to do the right thing for them, um, helping apply their sanctioning fee for whenever they are able to proceed, if it's later in 2020 or if it's in 2021. Have you heard from anybody saying, well, oh my gosh, if I don't have it because of what we're currently under from an administrative standpoint? This could be it for me. Uh, we we hear about it with you know restaurants. If I stay shuttered a month or two, I can weather for only so long. Is it similar to to some barbecue competitions where if they don't take place this year, they can't redo it next year? This could be the end of it. Do you foresee any of that? Um, you know, I I really I can't predict that entirely. 
Um, obviously, I think the barbecue community tries to be as resilient as possible and really tries to help each other rally. Um, I think if situations would become that dire for a particular contest or an organizer, again, I, I think it would be great to reach out and have conversations with, with us about that because, you know, there might be additional things that we can do to help the community come together and and really participate in a bigger way in that particular type of a contest. So, um, you know, I think in this time, especially of social distancing, it's very easy to just shut everybody out, but really it's a time when we need to be letting people in um, through conversation, through emails, through phone calls, you know, uh, video calls, things like that, just so that we can keep those types of dialogues open. Because if there's anything that we can all be doing now to help um, whether it's a contest, whether it's a barbecue restaurant, um, wh- whether it's a sanctioning body, you know, stay afloat. These times are not easy for any of us. Um, and so, you know, the, what I have definitely learned is that the barbecue community really, truly does feel very passionately towards each other and and wants to help each other. And, you know, that is something that that's the true spirit of barbecue. And I think if anything, what I've learned is that that's going to be what gets everybody through this time. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter considering everything that's going on, but obviously for the teams that are making a bid for it in 2020, uh, there is the team of the year consideration. There was obviously uh, a lot of things that were added uh, to the end. Uh, there was you know, big payouts that were going to be happening this year. Biggest, uh, I think, in uh, team of the year history. There were uh, a number of other things that were being talked about uh, for uh, potentially like a regional or uh, different parts of the the country and the world. Um, things that haven't been set yet, but talked about. Is there any change at this point that you can talk about on a team of the year perspective, or it's just too early to tell until you get back up and rolling again? You know, so uh, we still are, we still are planning to have a really strong team of the year um, for 2020. And so, you know, I would strongly encourage those teams that are considering making their bid um, to, to keep, to keep going for it because, you know, the interesting thing that's going to happen, I mean, and who knows, none of us know exactly when we're going to be given the, the all clear for the majority of events to occur. But when they do, um, you know, teams are going to be out in, in, in big force. So I think even some of the smaller contests are actually going to see their numbers up once we can have these contests because people are chomping at the bit. The other thing that I think is going to be interesting is that some people that might normally be a little bit, you know, kind of more middle of the pack or, or slightly lower in the top tier of the pack, they might have a better shot this year because of the way this is all going to shake out. So, you know, don't count yourself out for team of the year, I guess is what I would say at this point. Um, You know, we've really, we're going to hold our, we're going to hold our guns and, and kind of see where we go on all of this, but um, we're excited. I mean, um, I, I still do believe that it's going to be a very exciting team of the year. Points chase. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Emily Detweiler joining me here on the show. Again, from a, a communication standpoint or for a reach-out standpoint, if somebody wants to get a hold, is it uh, best to go CEO at KCBS.us, or is there a phone number they should be calling? What's the best way? Yeah, so if somebody, especially if an organizer needs to reach out with a change to their contest, you know, reach out to me, CEO at kcbs.us. Um, you can also always use our info at kcbs.us. 
um, you know, I would also make sure that people understand, again, KCBS is the sanctioning body. We don't run all of these contests. So if you are calling with a specific question about, you know, a specific contest or judging a certain event or things like that, you need to reach out to that contest organizer. We will not have those answers. So um, I just, I would also make sure that people remember that too. All right. Uh, Emily Detweiler is the CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. The website, kcbs.us. She's giving you the contact info. Uh, so if you have questions, make sure you're contacting the right people first. And uh, boy, Emily, you're right. This is going to be exciting to see how this ends up shaking out here at the end of 2020 once things get up and running again. Until then, uh, A, appreciate the time as always. Stay safe. And we will talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. You got it. There she is. Emily Detweiler from the Kansas City Barbecue Society. And, you know, I didn't think about, from a competition standpoint, and obviously the show has not been, uh, as they say, competition heavy recently, but she's right. Like, when it gets up and running, and there's many people saying in the chat room, it's months from now, it's months from now, it could be July, it could be August. I mean, everybody's got a guess here. And who knows? There are opinions out there that because of how this virus can affect and who is able to resolve uh, this virus on their own that perhaps we have this has been around for two months already and three months already and that the accurate count isn't going to be in so while we're not at the, the top of the hill here there is already some bandwidth behind us and maybe that allows us to wade through this particular uh, inconvenience quicker than anticipated. I don't know if that's the case. But there's some logical thought uh, that I was hearing the New York governor talk about on uh, one of the news channels. So we're going to have to see. But here's the bottom line. There's too many people around each other at a barbecue competition. So that's going to get nixed regardless of where you're at in this country. At least for the foreseeable future. Uh, KCBS.us, once again, is the website if you want to get in touch with the Kansas City Barbecue Society. But if you are a competitor or you're an organizer, you have specific questions about your event, get in touch with your state and local officials first. KCBS is just the sanctioning bot. They're not here to tell you you should have it or you shouldn't have it. All right, uh, we are going to wrap up here for the second hour. And that is the show. 216-220-0966. If you want to jump in, Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Stick around, be right back. before you might think you found the best triple x show ever let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today craig Rimpy. this portion of the show being brought to you by the smoke sheet hey now weekly 
newsletter that's free. It keeps you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world, including top news, events, recipes, and more. Started by Ryan Cooper, the barbecue tourist on Instagram, and Sean Ludwig, New York City Barbecue on Instagram. Both of them traveling around the country to find you the best barbecue and then report on it. You can sign up for the newsletter and see the full events on their barbecue calendar at bbqnewsletter.com. That's bbqnewsletter.com, a great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. And I'll be anxious to see exactly how this whole thing is going to be transpiring for the smoke sheet, how they're going to backfill content because contests aren't going to be it. Uh, Might I suggest a piece, gents, for the smoke sheet, and that would be contacting some of the more high-profile, mid-profile, and low-profile barbecue restaurants and seeing how they're weathering the storm and how they are going to be uh, able, if they are going to be able to, in what time frame have they allotted themselves to be able to maintain this particular forced lifestyle before it causes their ultimate demise. Again, to me, if you're in the service industry and you have been relegated to carry out only, uh, certainly there is some kind of revenue generation on that, but it is yeah, easily uh, two-thirds less, maybe even more, than if you were open in your traditional way where people were going in, ordering, you're able to turn tables, flip tills, all that stuff. Your servers are able to make uh, the wage that they're making, and the fact that these guys are and gals are not able to uh, open in some instances or only be carry out, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And uh, restaurants are, are capital-driven thing, much like private airline. These are highly capital, uh, highly capital-driven companies. So you're going to have to be, wow, I, I don't even know. It's, uh, that's, uh, aside from just the sickness itself, that's upsetting to me because I have a lot of friends that are in the food industry whether they're a server, whether they're owner, or, or somewhere in between management, what have you. Um, uh, man, I, I'm wishing you guys the best of luck, and I'm here to support all of my Cleveland hangouts uh, through this uh, particular crisis. I will be getting takeout. Uh, tomorrow I will be going to Larder and taking out Chicken Sando because they Corona can't stop them from continuing to make the chicken sando of the best chicken sando of the world. It is. If you come to Cleveland, uh, I will be taking you to Larder, and we will be enjoying chicken sando and charcuterie boards because Jeremy Umansky and Allie and Kenny and the rest of the gang over there is killing it on a daily basis. It's unbelievable. Uh, Nick Solaris, who I am probably going to be doing a bonus content podcast with, is uh, has called it the most important restaurant in the country, believe it or not. So, gang, if you are in the restaurant industry, I'm here to support you, and, uh, boy, it's going to be a tough row, and we're going to see how everything shakes out after this. All right, uh, Platinum Highlights are going to take a powder, but we'll be up and at it again tomorrow. First hour will be available here in minutes. Second hour will be available on Thursday. Best of show on Friday. So you have that to look forward to. Share it around with all your friends. If you're going to be shuttered in again next week, don't forget to catch me live. And tell your friends to catch me live. It's new. It's exciting. There's no sports. There's nothing going on. Only the Barbecue Central Show. We're dominating the airways for 120 minutes.
All the way back in the first hour, we had Stephen Reichlin and Bob Trudnack. In the second hour was Robin Lindars and Emily Detweiler. Big show planned for you next week, believe it or not. Of course, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. And uh, we give you good thoughts on battling corona here. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it's your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.